Hello there, everyone. Welcome to TapCalf Transmissions, the only Star Wars podcast that is currently live on this channel. I am Corey. Joining me, as always, is Justin Eckhart's Ladder. How are you doing? I am. I'm well. I'm good. Um, got to read some some fun Star Wars comics today, so you know can't complain too much. What about yourself, young Corey? Uh, I've been doing all right. Mm -hmm. I too got to read some comics. Uh, mm -hmm. so we should tell everyone that if you only listen to the podcast, you might be coming this week with a uh, balance point in hand, ready to talk about balance point. We are not doing balance point tonight. We are mm -hmm. instead going to be talking about tales of the Jedi, uh, the original tales of the Jedi releases. So the, uh, initial Ula Keldroma and saga of Nomi Sunrider stuff. Mm -hmm. and... yeah that was on me uh generally if if the schedule changes nine times out of ten it is on me because cory reads things in like 15 minutes like 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 he he'll read star by star in like 10 minutes like between recording videos i just read the wikipedia uh, summary oh okay smart yeah yeah oh you fit in well with other youtubers um but <laughs> so yeah it's, it's usually me i had some personal stuff going on i i i knew it was going to be a thing last week uh i didn't realize i would have as little time as i do so we'll be back to that next week um so if you want to take five minutes or you could probably crush these comics in about an hour if you really want to read them so if you want to just pause the podcast if you prepared something else and go read them go do that so uh, we've been kind of doing the Tales of the Jedi stuff on our off weeks. So far, we've done two series that are chronologically before this, but were published mm -hmm. afterwards. So a lot of a lot of really cool angles to talk about from that. Very, very mm. interesting and intriguing stuff. Uh, but this week, we've also had the release of Light and Magic, the ILM documentary. Oh, yeah. uh, I haven't actually started watching it because I'm going to watch it this weekend. I have a... I have about 16 hours worth of transit to, to look forward to. I figured that would be a good time. How many hours? About 16 hours total. Where are you going? I'm going to Niagara, then back, or St. Catharines, and then back. Oh, I didn't know that. Did I know that? Uh, maybe. That? I, um, okay. I might have mentioned it. Well, I'm leaving I, on I, Saturday I and coming back on Tuesday, so it's not a okay. thing that would have interfered with anything we had planned, so it wasn't... So are you taking the bus? I'm taking the train, so I've got to the do train. the train to Union Station. Mm -hmm. uh, then I've got to go from there, either on the GO train or a bus to St. Catharines. Depending on how mm -hmm. I time it, I might be able to end up on on the GO train. If uh, if not, then I'm taking a bus from Berlin. So what will you watch it on? Your your phone, laptop, if, you, if you're watching it on the train? It'll probably be on my phone. My battery life on my phone is great. I don't want to clog my backpack with stuff. Like, I have an old tablet, but I don't even know that, like, many modern apps will run on it. And I don't have a Steam yeah. Deck, which may have some visual or video playback options. I don't know, because I don't have one. I know you've been yeah. really enjoying the Steam Deck, but I, I've just been poor yeah, over here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool piece of hardware. Um, Yeah, Light and Magic. I've, I've watched two and a half episodes so far. They're about 50 minutes each. It's very, very good. Um, Very... One of my favorite... Kind of, there's been a few ILM documentaries. I think the last big one was like in the 90s, um, but this one is really good. Obviously, it starts off focusing on Star Wars. Um, the first episode is kind of about George assembling kind of the the founders of ILM yep. and how like the the certain technology they had to pioneer. 
Like, I, I knew that Star Wars did a lot in terms of making new uh, techniques for filming and kind of using matte paintings and things in interesting ways, but I didn't realize kind of the all of the things that they made that were completely different. Like the camera setup, they talk about how... George Lucas talks about how um, he wanted to make basically 2001 A Space Odyssey, but not be so slow. Because if you've yeah. ever seen that movie, it's, it's very, very slow. Um, you've got like stationary cameras watching a ship dock and it's like, you know, minute long, multi-minute long sequence um, where George Lucas was a fan of uh, cruising and cars and, and speed generally. So they had to essentially invent new cameras and new techniques for those cameras, which we see played out probably most prominently at the Battle of Yavin. So that's what the first episode is about. The second episode is kind of more keyed in on... Uh, kind of the making of the actual shots for Star Wars, like the original Star Wars. Um, and then the third is kind of about the sequel. And then I believe there's an episode about Jurassic Park, maybe. Pretty cool stuff, though. Highly, highly recommended. Even if you're not normally a film of... Um, of doc, If you're not usually a fan of documentaries, I recommend it. Anyway, there's some cool footage that I've never seen before. Uh, and lots of... there's George Lucas is, you know, obviously... Heavily interviewed in it. Spielberg is in it. Obviously, all the old ILM guys, most of which are still around as well, which I thought was pretty cool. Because um, they're all like 20 when they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I've been <laughs> doing. feel like a failure. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of clips on like production stuff. So I know that now that these documentaries are out, everyone's going to be doing that. And I'm just going to lose any traction I was having. So it's, it's very disappointing for me. Honestly, there aren't that many clips channels running right now. It's like... I guess that's true. It's just... Us bomb and bombastic. bombastic. It's really just the two of us. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely still room for it. Good. It's all I have going for me if I ever want a Steam Deck. <laughs> you could steal one. Is there anything else that's uh, that's been going around? I know there's been more leaks on Tales of the Jedi, the new... Uh, mm. The new show, but we should probably wait until there's been some more official word on that. I mean, there's we... the the Codor news. Oh right, yes, which we should talk about. Yeah. Um, do you want to summarize it? Since I just kind yeah. of went on a spiel. Uh, so basically, there was an article in Bloomberg by Jason Schreier, who is usually very reliable on this kind of stuff. That Aspire has uh, fired the art and design director for the KOTOR game and put the project on indefinite hiatus to the point of even mm -hmm. like looking for other projects for them yeah, to do in the very near future. concerning um, yeah. there is a chance that saber interactive who was recently brought on uh to help with the project would take it over that the article mentioned uh and that some of the staff are feeling may happen but basically and that only came out in may that they were brought on board so any of these developments are relatively recent uh so basically there was a vertical slice that was being worked on, which is basically where the game developers will make will take one section of the game and put a lot of polish into that, uh, just like that one area as kind of a, a demo, whether it's going to be yeah. shown to the public or something the public can play, uh, where like the rest of the game may not be very well or may not be very far along, but you get that as finished as possible. And when it got to the point that that was being reviewed by the studio heads and I think the investors as well, it was decided that the project was like nowhere near where they wanted it to be, that too many resources gone into the vertical slice and the rest of the project was too far behind. Uh, so we're three years into development now. And when they first pitched the project, they were hoping for a 2022 release. But now it was looking like 
things would have taken until 2025. So we don't know what future, if any, it will have, whether it's going to stay with Aspire, go to someone else, or just die in the water entirely. But yeah, that's kind of where it stands now. Yeah, it's it's really not great news, especially because this is... Like, Jason Schreier is all, already very reliable, especially when it comes to, like, talking to employees of these game companies. Uh, like, one of his last big... You know, he's talked about, like, what goes on at Rockstar. He did a thing kind of recently on uh, on uh, Halo Infinite. And it sounds like the way that he got this leak, which I think is important when you get these stories, you got to look at kind of where the information is coming from. This is, like, the most reliable source because it sounds like there was kind of a straight-up... I mean, employees are being moved off this project. So yeah. it's like, it's not, it's not, he was rooting through their, their garbage and found shredded piece of paper and he put it together and it said, like, frowning no face Kodor. Of, uh, like, yeah, <laughs> cancel Kodor. Like, this would have been, they, and they, you, on the other hand too, you, if you're the executives uh, at Aspire, you, you're going to know that this is going to get out. Because someone is going to tell their husband or wife or their friend or Jason Schreier, uh, you know, the rest is I think it's weird that they just let Jason into the meetings. (laughs) Honestly, like, you might as well at that point. Um, Especially where people move around the game industry so much. Yeah. But, um... But... uh, It's just just a shame. Like, I... I really... I don't think I'm at the point now where I almost don't think the game is going to be made because this is kind of something that happened. I, I, I haven't to a degree with star Wars. Thir- My worry is that once you get people off the project, like people move on, people get attached to other things. It's, I think you lose so much as someone who doesn't know much about game design, but has obviously read, you know what happened with other star Wars projects, ragtag and 13, 13. I just kind of worry that this is once you move people off the project, you lose all that momentum. It feels like kind of the first one foot into the grave for me. Yeah, it's definitely a rough position. And like, it's not a unique position, unfortunately, for Star Wars games right now, where no. uh, Hunters is probably the closest game to release, even if it's not quite the same, like, Fallen Order flagship title. Uh, well, yeah. like, Hunters was supposed to be out now, is out now in some places, mm-hmm. but keeps getting delays on the final global release. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is like I'm one of the few people that's actually started looking forward to it more probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, who knows what's going to happen with that game? But then we've also had uh, the very likely chance that Eclipse just doesn't exist and will never exist, mm-hmm. and that there was never really a game behind the pitch. It was kind of just uh, hoping a for nice investors. CG trailer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's starting to look like. Uh, Jedi Survivor still on track. That's potentially going to be a March or February March release date, kind of like mm-hmm. Lego Star Wars was this year. But yep. we really don't have anything else on any other game. So it is ironic that like all these other companies have been let back into Star Wars mm-hmm. game development. It seems like so far the only projects that have any solid basis are the, the ones, ones that are under mm-hmm. EA and Respawn. And Respawn it, did prove themselves as having like a, a good handle on things with oh, yeah, the totally. prior shutdown Fallen Order. So. I mean, even Lego Star Wars had major release issues. Like, that game was almost in purgatory for a while. Probably not from a development standpoint, but from, like, a public standpoint. Like, they announced that game, and then they didn't say anything, and then, like, they would just delay it. And that happened multiple times. Like, I think that game was supposed to come out over a year earlier than it did. Um, Yeah. 
which you know it i th i didn't have a problem with it because i thought it was worth it it's just i don't know for me the and i i admit again i don't know a lot about game development this is just kind of how i feel the aspire choice was always kind of a weird one for those who don't know they did the the ports and the polishing of the, the Kodor 1 and 2. I've only played the first one on mobile. It was a phenomenal experience. I don't know whether they have other studios helping them. I, like, I don't know if they were really confident in the team they had. It's just, I don't know. It, it's, I don't know if they've ever developed a AAA game before, but to me, if like their work on the past Kodor ones was what got them the, the kind of the, the role of Kodor remastering uh, studio, that's a bit odd. Yeah, I think uh, my understanding is that they're under Embracer Group, which has a bunch of studios that they own, and that a mm -hmm. few of them, like Saber, were also on the project. So it was definitely Don't an they expansion. Do stuff for Halo they were as do. well. Uh, yeah, Saber maps, did like Master yeah. Chief Collection and that kind right. of stuff. Uh, and, right. uh, HCA as well, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, it, it seems like a, it was kind of the first steps in the studio trying to expand itself a bit. Mm. And it, it's hard to think of a, a specific studio that would have been better suited anyways. Like a lot of studios yeah. just get formed for these kind of projects as well. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's that out of or that unreasonable that a pre-existing studio that primarily did ports would get okay, that's fair. in a project like that. Because like Empire at War was made by... Uh, petroglyph as a new studio coming out of like with devs coming out of uh westwood when ea had bought mm -hmm. and then shut that down and we've also got the uh, bit reactor game where bit reactor as a studio was founded mm -hmm. to work on uh the star wars game or not founded to work on the star wars game but it was founded as part of the work on the star wars game and will do other stuff as well but it, it's not that weird i don't think but okay. it is definitely a risk when you don't have an established studio. Yeah. And even then you can run into issues and a lot of them are just absolute shit shows as well. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate. And this is kind of what I tweeted and you know me, I always think before I tweet, but I do, I do, I do stand by this. Even a mediocre Kodor game is going to be mm -hmm. a disgustingly successful project in my opinion. Yeah. Like, Kodor has two phenomenal games. It's it's the original Kodor. Like I'm biased as a Star Wars fan, but it is one of the most I think popular and well loved RPGs ever. Not the most popular, but it's you know it, it's in that discussion. Um, people love the characters. Darth Revan. There's something about him or her or they that um, just really uh, really. Uh, I don't know. People just love it. It's the design. It's the mystery. It's the story. So it, it's it's a moneymaker. So I don't imagine that... We also don't know whether it was Sony or Lucasfilm that decided to kind of pull the plug or put a hold on, on the development. Um, because we, we do know from Jason Schreier's article that the game was showed off to, to Sony and, and the Star Wars team. So we don't know kind of kind of why or, or who ultimately kind of said hey shit's not really working yeah. but shit's not really working either way yeah so hopefully it's not the end of it but like we also had uh the news that like plenty of other studios were interested in making kotor uh which is why as much as i was looking forward to a kotor remake as like one of my top uh games of everything we've had announced so far 
Mm-hmm. Like I, it's one of the ones that I'm not the most concerned about. Because like, if this one doesn't work, someday we'll probably still get one. So there are enough people interested. Whether that ends up using some of the same work, it is like really frustrating that it it'd take mm-hmm. like if something had to be completely restarted going from then or from now until then. But like, it, it's something where. I don't feel like I'm going to lose out on the end experience. I have no specific expectations for what Aspire's KOTOR remake was going to look like. So it's not a situation where it's like, oh, we're not going to get this one thing. We've seen literally just Revan smoking yeah. or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, I'm kind of there too, where I was very excited for KOTOR because I love it. But ultimately, it's... It, I, I'm kind of at the point where I'm looking forward more to completely new stories yeah. and experiences... Um, in terms of gaming, at least, um, or return to things like that are underserved. Like obviously, a Star Wars strategy game would be right up there. But I, like, I'm I was probably more excited for whatever the kind of other kind of canceled Star Wars games were. Um, I was probably more excited for Jedi Fallen Order two, or sorry, we know the name now, Jedi Survivor. So it sucks, but it's just, it's. I feel like the Kodor remake has got to be one of the the things that, for years, everyone has known that this has got to happen. And yeah. it was like before it was officially announced, we'd get what felt like a credible rumor from Jason Schreier or from someone else every like three months. Yeah. Um, so just it's almost like it feels like it's never going to happen at this point. But logically, I'm with you. I know eventually we'll get something. Like, this has been in the works for three years they've been working on this game. So I'm sure it's, like, it's very frustrating for the developers that have been working on it as well. So, uh... Yeah, I mean... Shout out to them for... (laughs) Yeah, that's what... There's a really good article on Project Ragtag, and, like, one of the the, the interesting things was, like, just how crushed the developers were that all of their work, and that they, they really thought that they were making something special and just kind of poof, gone... And I mean, obviously it's like, it's, it's such a sunk cost, like so much time, so much money, three, four years of people's lives. Um, you think it's easier to, do you think it takes less time to make a remake of something or more? Like, do you think that having, you know, knowing that Darth Revan is going to be a character, knowing that Bastila is going to be a character, does that ultimately save you time? Do you think? I think in some cases it can. It it really depends on the level of remake you're doing. If it's literally just we're remaking this game exactly as it was with uh, with better like graphics, the Dead Space like remake, the, yeah. yeah, then that's probably a fair bit easier. Like you still have to work out things with whatever engine you're using. You still have to uh, sort out the actual assets, but you're not having to retool a bunch of stuff because oh we've changed this set piece you know to figure it out yeah you know but i think with the extent of remake they were they seem to have wanted to make with this it's kind of in the category that can make it take a bit more because Mm -hmm. you're using that as a basis but there's very little of the actual original systems that you're probably building on like you have to remake everything from scratch entirely yeah and the actual gameplay systems are probably quite different so it's it's almost more like making a video game adaptation than a remake mm-hmm. per se so you've got the story beats you've got a lot of the like sure you might repurpose some of the dialogue or something some of the tone some of the settings some of the like map overlays but there's not it's not like it's uh significantly easier than making something mm-hmm. from scratch 
Okay, but last question before we move on. Um, I'm, I'm curious to hear your, your thoughts on this. Do you think that the Kodor remake was going to go the Final Fantasy VII route and move from an RPG to an action game? Would they, or do you think that they try to keep or maybe modernize the uh, the RPG systems? I feel like the the combat would probably have changed to almost a more Mass Effect direction, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. Where Mass Effect, like it's still very much RPG, but it's not like the turn-based KOTOR D&D style, uh, mm-hmm. where a lot of it is a lot more real-time. Uh, Which I actually like, by the way. I yeah. like the D&D style. But. I, I feel like that was what they were more going to be aiming for. I don't think I, it was going to be like full Jedi Fallen Order or something. No, okay, that makes because that is. I mean, I haven't played the Final Fantasy VII remake, but I believe that they fully went to like complete action game, right? When that was obviously an RPG at, at, at launch. I mean, when the game originally came out. I've only ever played Final Fantasy Tactics, so I, I have no idea what actually happened with FF Seven. One thing that um, that I would be kind of interested in would be what's the name of that i always forget the name of this game what's the squad shooter again um republic commando your favorite game no the the like the tactical squad shooter it's like xcom permadeath what's that xcom xcom yeah i i kind of think it'd be cool to see maybe a star wars game obviously not fully xcom but like that's basically what we're getting eh like that's what the yeah 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 I, I more mean, I don't mean like this that style of gameplay. I kind of mean like how turns work in that game and okay. how like you've got like cast, like you've got cast distances on weapons. Like I think that's kind of essentially taking the D and D elements that exist. Yeah, because like XCOM is basically a D and D game just visualized. Like that's something that I kind of felt like um, a Kotor remake could do. Take all the systems that are have always kind of been under the hood and make them prettier. Like maybe another thing that's kind of frustrating about about kodor is that like movement, you miss every like player attack movement oh no. well yeah but player movement doesn't matter at all in the game no, like, no that's not auto- true that's not true you can run around the tables and throw grenades <laughs> or drop mines yeah but um but yeah I, I think it'd be cool if you know a slightly like a hybrid system with a bit more action um but where i don't know you can maybe you know, keep kind of some of those underlying D and D. I I personally think that the D and D mechanics are very important to the game. Like, I find that one thing that makes the original Kodor so great is the encounters, and the encounters I think are a lot more memorable when it's not just run. Like an action game is like almost by necessity a bit of a like the encounters are a bit more throwaway unless you're doing something like like a like a Dark Souls game. Just because the, the battles are shorter, you kill someone, you move to the next room. Whereas in Kodor, it's like, you're going to be perhaps in this fight for five minutes. That's something that I always really loved. Like, I can remember individual encounters from the, the first Kodor game. Like, when you're fighting all those guys in the pool, in the base on uh, on the on Terrace. Or, like, when you fight the, uh, when you're in the Sith base on Terrace and you fight that um, that Sith Darksider. You know, the, the guy, like, the station commander? Mm-hmm. Um or when you walk into a room and yeah, your game pauses yeah. because someone stepped on a mine and you're like, oh, fuck, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. So I, I like that element. I think that it did a lot to kind of make the game memorable. So hopefully, I don't want to see them go to full action, but I would I would not also be totally surprised if they did. 
yeah. if the game ever comes out. Yeah. It, who fucking knows? Maybe we'll get two independently released KOTOR remakes because two studios didn't talk to each other in Lucasfilm <laughs> games. Just missed out the on the fact that they'd approve The Aspire squad is still working hard. <laughs> 2025 they send theirs in for, for approval but someone else has already made one oh well god damn uh but we'll, we'll definitely damn. talk about that more if there's everything anything else to talk about uh hopefully there will be uh and we'll probably have a few questions that are game related towards the end of the podcast because usually the the comics episodes are not super long uh this is only a five yeah. issue set of mm-hmm. comics broken into two kind of shorter stories that we're going to be talking about today uh, normally, we get six or seven issues. So we've got Ulic Keldroma and the Beast Wars of Onderon, I think is what the full title of the yeah. first one is. Uh, yeah, yeah the first two, right? I think yep. it's like Beast Wars part one and two, and then, yep. yeah. And then so, the Saga of Novi Sunrider? Yeah, Saga of Novi yeah. Sunrider. I was so confused. I was like, I don't fucking like, they're all Tales of the Jedi something. I could, I didn't even know which one we were doing until I started this afternoon and I messaged you. I was like, I really hope I read the right one. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, first of all, how long is this after the prior two? This is about a thousand years. So those were like 5,000 BBY. These are 4,000. So these are like right. 30 to 40 years away from KOTOR. Mm-hmm. Um, just to kind of start off, how would you rank this kind of among the the three we've read so far? I'll say this one is my favorite by far, I think. Uh, are you thinking of them as a whole or are you... I'm just would... talking kind of of the three episodes, like the three kind of series we've read, yeah. Golden Age of the Sith, Fall of the Sith. Uh, the first one's Golden Age, right? And then this one, these mm-hmm. ones have been my favorite so okay, far. Okay, so I, I thought you were talking about like Dark Empire, Crimson Empire, Tales of the Jedi. No, 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 no. I, no. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'd probably be on board with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I th- what did you like, and what did you not like? There, some of the art in I, th- I think at least the first issue of the Nomi Sun- Sunrider ones was yeah, a little bit weird. There was one issue that had awful art. Yeah, so and that got better in the second one. Uh, yeah. Like there's there's a picture of or there's one of the frames where I think it's supposed to be Ander, which is Nomi Sunrider's husband, and he's rest flying the ship. Got but rest he looks like Pelimato. Like it's him <laughs> sitting there with the I can with see the it. droid, and he just looks like Pelimato from Book of Boba Fett or from The Mandalorian. Well, yeah, I, I I gotta say I think I I like the character of Nomi Sunrider. I felt like. <sighs> I don't necessarily know if it made sense to to tie the two kind of arcs together. And I, I feel like the Nomi Sunrider thing could have used a bit more time. Um, like, you want to talk about, you know, people accuse Rey of being the no-training Mary Sue. Nomi Sunrider is like the ultimate version of that, where not only is she not having any training, but like her master is kind of being like, like, what the fuck? Like, come save me, why don't you? Like, you're my greatest student. Like, I've been here for five minutes. <laughs> I've, um, I haven't trained you at all. I have refused to talk to you, but also... Just come kill these guys for me, please. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there's one issue that had really bad art. I, I sent you a picture, Corey, where Nomi Sunrider, she's got like a receding hairline. Like her hairline is like back here. Yeah. Um, and I Googled it. I was like, people are talking about this, right? And of course, there's like 30 threads on yeah. like the force.net about. Uh, if it was just the weird, like the hairline being farther back, it wouldn't have stood out as weird to me. But there's like 
the hairline is farther back, but there's also like these two little patches of hair on either side. Mm. That is like she you did like this intentionally. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. She got she got the widow's peak with the uh, I don't know advanced upgrade the little sprouts. Um, yeah, one of the I think the issue issue five had some kind of rough cover art where it was like clearly the cover artist was looking at that for reference. Yeah, and it, it's not great. Yeah, the I think. The covers have been pretty, overall, pretty good. But like, there's been individual ones that just look super weird for all the Tales mm-hmm. of the Jedi stuff. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. So yeah. there's go ahead. And the art, and I was gonna say, just say the art in the first one was. Uh, I thought it was really good, actually. Um, but yeah. yeah. Well, like the thing with Nomi's story getting more time is that we they are gonna be the characters for the next few arcs as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are gonna get a bit more of that, but. Uh, yeah, so there, there's the two main stories that we're talking about today, where the Ula Keldroma, Beast Wars, he goes, he, so Ula Keldroma, future Sith Lord, spoiler alert, uh, his brother Kay, and... <laughs> his master's like, I hope nobody else turns to the dark side. <laughs> and on the on the, to- on the totally legit comic side I was reading this on, one of the comments was like, wow, I hope Ula stays to the light side. <laughs> <laughs> bad news. So, Ulik, his brother Kay... And their friend, I guess, taught uh, Danita. It, they're all training under Jedi Master Arca Jeff. Uh, he doesn't have a last name yet. He's just Master Arca. But he's like, guess what, guys? I volunteered to protect this super new world joining the Republic. They're at war a lot, though. And also, I'm not going. All of you are. Uh, he's he's aware, apparently, that there's the, a super strong dark presence on Onderon. But he still sends his... Uh, his apprentice, who he admits is kind of a dick, uh, I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing. Kind of there. a hothead, at least. Yeah, that he's sending him in, in charge of this mission, not warning him about the dark side being there. And so they, they get to the planet. These three, our trio of intrepid adventurers, get to the planet. They go and talk to Immediately choose the, a side. <laughs> they go into the walled city of Isis, uh, where they talk to the queen. Because the queen's like, we've got a problem here, guys. There's these other people that live outside of our walled city, and they're riding a bunch of dinosaurs that came from space because they came from this other moon. That once a year, the the planet and the moon are close enough. That the Doesn't that happen in in uh, Bane? Doesn't he fly between ducks and? Yeah, yeah, you okay. can do that. You do think, that in yeah. uh, Kotor as well. It's oh, really? Kotor two rather. I don't remember that. Well, you, you get just, in a shuttle there. It it wasn't quite as exciting, but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, so. The the walled city of Isis has a time-honored tradition of when they don't like someone, sending them out to die in the jungle, which has the, the, the comics call it an unforeseen side effect, but I think any idiot would fucking know eventually some of these people are going to survive and make a society that is going to want to kill you. And uh, it's going to be totally badass because they're surviving the, the giant ducks and war yeah. beasts. So any either of us could have been there and been like, yeah, yeah this is... Bad plan, bad plan. Uh, especially because, like, the kids of all these people, they didn't do anything. They didn't break your stupid laws. Also, they just, just kill them. Yeah, really. Like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do it, just do it. Yeah. But like, this is the same thing that kind of happened uh, at the in the very first tales of the Jedi comic we read, where the Jedi they're meant to be mediators largely. They go to a planet, they pick a side. It kind of worked out in this case. In this one, it obviously doesn't. And to the Jedi, it should have been obvious that they're not necessarily. 
um, choosing the kind of moral path here yeah. because they're fighting against people who have been exiled for whatever reason. And, you know, they just, like, obviously, like, like yeah, they're fighting against the giant oppressors who are in their literal walled towers. Um, the thing is, what was the planet in the first? Um, oh, it's Empress Tita, right? Yeah. In the first, yeah. So unlike in that situation uh, where the the kind of ruler of Empress Tita is, is more or less benevolent, in this case, the Jedi actually do somewhat discover that yeah, maybe jumping to conclusions and assuming that the the ones with the 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 towers are good, like, we should have probably actually stopped and evaluated the situation and maybe meditated a bit, which I thought was a, kind of a nice, kind of a good thing to do. Yeah, like, they they weren't prepped at this, on this at all. Arka Jeth is just like, yeah, you go, you're going to go and you're going to be the most powerful people in this situation. This is a responsible thing for us to decide. And they get there, and uh, it, immediately, because they have two humans, Kay and Ulik, and then a Twi'lek, which is taught, was introduced uh, as Twi'lek talk. Yeah. And they're like, uh, no aliens here. Get the wormhead to immigration. And yeah, they, just... they eventually accept him because he's a powerful Jedi. But it's like, come on. This is... There were warning signs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, immediately. <laughs> Immediate warning signs. Well, the first thing we heard from your queen was a racial epithet. This is a great relationship we're starting. <laughs> Yeah. Wow, the full worm head, too, not just wormy or something. <laughs> really not great. <laughs> well, she does She does say, like, oh, well, they're powerful Jedi, so it's good. Which means, like, mm-hmm. if you're able to help them, they're willing to have you on board. As long as you can benefit them. So if you're one of the rich and powerful in Star Wars, then sure, yeah. You just get yeah. by with whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Um and then it turns out that the, uh, the so what happens is the beast riders. Also, how did you think of the? Uh, how did you think of the? It, I guess the Andron because we do see Andron in the Clone Wars. And I guess it's a decent because I remember there's beast riders in that as well. Um, yeah, just thought I'd mention that. But anyway, the beast riders do attack the city. The princess is stolen. Turns out that she's fallen in love with uh, one of the beast riders, and they. They the are Prince kind of, of the Beast Riders. Peace, Prince of the Beast Riders. They're having a, a union and reveal to the Jedi, who obviously try to rescue her, that the uh, the Queen and really all of the people of Onderon have been corrupted by the... Uh, which Dark Jedi is it again? Uh, Freed um, and Nad. Freed and Nad, who you've, I, I think you see in Kodor, right? Yeah. Though he just looks like... Just looks like I think you get his dark. sword... Yeah. No, you get Nagasato's sword, but he has a sword too. His, I think you see his ghost as well. But anyway, um, yeah, he's sort of he traveled. He stayed on Onderon. He corrupted people, and ultimately, his descendants have kind of been hanging out. And ultimately, the queen is not a not a chill lady. No. Um, so the final battle, the the Jedi obviously try to see if a peace can be made, and if the, the queen will reject their, her dark side ways. Instead, she fully embraces Freed and Nad, and the battle for the fate of Onderon begins. Yeah, like, the Jedi's plan seems kind of dumb here, where they're like, oh, now that we know you're cool and that uh, Princess Galia just wants to marry your son or you, then, like, we can we can just go and tell, we'll vouch for you. It's like, you, you've done, you've not prepped on this. You didn't read a single book on the history of Onderon or something. You've not asked anyone and now they're telling you hey this is probably a bad idea just not listening but i think the real takeaway from the 
from the from the wedding banquet was that the way that she met him like that she met uh the beast rider prince basically was that despite this giant wall they've all just been managing to sneak into the city anyways to do yeah whatever they wanted pretty much it's business but yeah. enough to like, like strike up casual conversations game. and uh start dating i guess they did yeah. have to stage this whole assault to to get the princess out which they had to know was going to cause some sort of a a response but like maybe that was just part of the ceremony it was a yeah. ceremonial kidnapping it was they are beast riders yeah and they've been forged by the the wilds so yeah. the once they're in the castle the beast rider attack ends up starting because the jedi say look if they don't go for this then we'll help you uh with your war this the goals of the war are less clear I think I don't know if it was like take over the city or kill her in particular, but uh, they said they'd help, and shit does not go well. So they get they start off kind of even, but then Aminoa decide Queen Aminoa decides mm-hmm. to call on the powers of Freed and Nad and does some like dark side battle meditation. So luckily Arkajeth was flying in, and I thought his criticisms of Ulic despite them not handling the situation very well, were unfair. Because he basically yeah. says, I didn't prep you for this, but also, why don't you idiots know how to do battle meditation? It should be easy. Yeah, the battle meditation thing, totally unfounded. He did have some points where Ulik, like he was correct. Ulik is headstrong. He was yeah. rushing into situations, and even Ulik's companions warn him of that. Like, maybe you should, like, collect call the our fucking master and see see what's the right step here. And he's like, no, we're good. Um, and like meditating probably would have been a good step, but I also, you know, he had to try to rescue the princess. Like who knows what these fucking savage beast riders are going to do? Like maybe they're going to feed her to their beasts. Like I, I, I do get it. Um, but probably like you taught him his failing is your failing. And maybe, te- maybe like don't skip the class on like how to do battle meditation. Well, he hadn't taught, like, he hadn't even held a class on that. Apparently, it's just supposed to be a thing that Ulik should have thought to do based on nothing, despite the fact that it, like, even with Nomi, two issues later, it's like, oh, this is actually a pretty powerful ability that's kind of rare. But, mm-hmm. like, you don't you don't make the fate of an entire planet into a test for some guy. Fuck you, Jedi. <laughs> is this the first... This would have been the... Oh, no, I guess Battle Meditation is, me- is mentioned in the, the Thrawn trilogy, which came before this. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder if it was mentioned in any source books or anything before that. Probably not, but... Yeah, it is yeah. kind of weird that... like I, I doubt Timothy Zahn would have taken it from here, so it had to have been that direction of, like, the comics well, I think, taking it from... Well, no, because this came out... I think Battle Meditation is, is mentioned in Heir to the Empire, which came out before this. Because yeah. like, this was 93... Uh, and Heir of the Empire came out in 91, I believe. Yeah. Um, let's see. The first, I'm looking at... Uh, I'm just quickly looking at at the Wikipedia page. Yeah, so... Ultimately... Heir of the Empire, yeah. Hmm. Arca Jeth was like, didn't you realize there was a dead Sith Lord in the basement? And that that's why this... Like, uh, no, I didn't check that door, dog. Yeah. Well, you should have sensed that something was really bad when you got here. And, like, fair enough. Like, the Queen was just using dark side force energy basically and she even mm-hmm. mentioned oh i can feel they're strong with the force and that did not prompt a single follow-up question from the jedi like oh mm-hmm. are you well, f- you want to elaborate on that yeah, queen 
that that seems like it'd be useful information for them to have relevant to their interests if nothing else mm-hmm. like i get it's your first day on the job you don't want to be like oh we're just gonna question everything the queen says now and interrogate her in her throne room but like maybe a little aside to each other like let's keep an eye on her but yeah yeah not not great honestly yeah so i i rank their performance here uh at most a four out of ten yeah like they did some nice stuff with their slashing Kay lost an arm uh and immediately he's like not a big deal better robot over here yeah, I didn't realize that prosthetics could just be taken from droids. Like, mm-hmm. droid arms just plug right into your nervous system. So, K, yeah, well, did, he is established why, as... Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why you wouldn't have made it. Yeah, that's you true. Been, you would have been felled by an Onderanian beast rider. Well, I wouldn't have been felled by them. I just wouldn't have an arm. Or I'd have an arm. I just wouldn't have the other one anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a lot of fights between both of these... That Jedi just, like, lose for some reason. Like, they lose against, yeah. like, two soldiers. The yeah. Os Willem does the same thing in a fight with a shitty pirate and then Noe Sunrider stuff. The uh, Toth just... Or, not Toth. What, what's the... Fuck, what's Nomi's master's name? Oh, um... Tor- Torn? Torn? Um, Thawne, Thawne. That's okay. Thawne, yeah, yeah. It's Tom, of Tom and Jerry. <laughs> is he in multiverse then? Tom and Jerry's character in multiverse is really cool because they don't actually fight. Like when they're fighting, it just looks like they're fighting each other. So like when mm-hmm. when Tom does his punch, he's trying to hit Jerry, and it's just like if an enemy happens to get in the way, it is what it is. <laughs> so they they're more. Are, do they act like like one character? Is it like Ice Climbers or is it like the Pokemon Trainer? No, it's more like Tom is the... I think Tom is the one with the hitbox and Jerry okay. is kind of more of a of a visual. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, multiverse is very important. We'll be covering that later tonight. But mm. yeah, so they... Arca Jeff goes into the basement and there's a real Scooby-Doo moment thinking of, speaking of multiverses because Shaggy mm-hmm. and Velma are in there. But... Ah, the Sith Lord in a box. And then he kind of forces the spirit out of Aminoa. Uh She's she's dead? I think she's dead now? Is she dead yeah. later? Yeah, because yeah. it was like the dark side was partially kind of... It was using her and fueling yeah. her as well. Like at the very beginning when she's introduced, it's like she looked far older than 70. And I got I got to look at her. I was like, she looks a little older. Like she might have just spent a lot of time in the sun. I don't know if I'd say <laughs> far older. Well, Arca is, when, uh, when Gali is upset about it, Arca says, don't worry, I've just forced the dark out of her. So I don't know mm-hmm. if she was dead at that point, but they're talking at the end. They have their little meeting after the Galia and the Beast Rider. They've gotten married, and now the city, everyone is just on board now. Uh, yep. though there are still some natists that are out there and hiding so we're it's like gonna... you know we kicked out all the necrophiles right like <laughs> I, I don't know if i'm cool with this union well what are they gonna do what do you want them to do yeah so we'll get more of all all of our friends from this storyline with the two issue freedom nad arc which i'm not sure when we're gonna include that with we might just do that along with the is that what's next chronologically after this yeah because it goes from that into dark lords of the sith 
But like Freed and Nat Uprising is only two issues, and then Dark Lords of the Sith is seven. So I, I don't know. One thing that I was thinking that. is next time we get a guest, what we should do is pre-record a section, just me and you, and include that maybe after the guest. So it's like a, you know, it's like a... That's what a lot of podcasts I, I listen to do. Like, if they have a guest on, it'll be like, okay, now we're going to go off to blah, and then you Answering go to blah. the questions and stuff? Yeah. 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 So do you mean to do that for, like, the Freed and Nad stuff, or just as an aside on how we should just throw the, the Yeah, future? just throw the Freed and Nad into something else, okay. since it is so short. Yeah, that'd probably work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, anything else you want to say about uh, the Onderon portion before we get to... No, Nomi I liked it. it was good. It was good. I was thinking the Nomi Sunrider stuff was my favorite, but I think I actually liked the Onderon part better. I like when they crashed outside the walls. It had a very cool kind of like fantasy feel to it. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of characters that I strongly disagree with in this one, but it was fun. Yeah. Uh, so we get to Nomi Sunrider opens up with her Jedi husband is uh, he's got a big box full of crystals that he wants to go give his uh give to master thon wants to give thon the family jewels yep he wants to fuck the rhinoceros really shitty reason to get killed by the way yeah like like you're going to give a dude some crystals and you get fucking you get ganked in an airport yeah that is basically what happens so yeah him his wife and their daughter vima not to be confused with future gremlin vima Deboda. but i had to google it. it I was like, Vima's old. Is she that old? <laughs> no. <laughs> Almost, but no. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, uh, sorry, yeah, they go off into a space station. Uh, and we get a, a nice little panel kind of with some world building about how 20,000 years ago, Hyperdrive started um, becoming popular. And that does sort of match up the lore that came later. The timeline's not quite correct, but it's it's close enough. It's they're off by like ten thousand years, maybe. Um, but they've got this kind of cool idea where hyperspace is still based on like they've got navigational buoys, mm-hmm. and in these like buoys, there's these big space stations. Uh, and I, all I was thinking when reading that is that'd be a really cool um, setting for like a, a a tabletop RPG game on where a it's nav like. Buoy? It, yeah, it's well, it's it's like more than a buoy. It's like these giant stations, right? It's like it's like almost like a yeah. interstellar truck stop. Um, and I was thinking that'd be a really cool place for, because it's like the biggest hive of scum and villainy. Um, yeah. So yeah. Write that down for a future RPG adventure. Yeah, I thought that'd be cool. You could even like, if you wanted to adapt that to the modern Star Wars universe, you could be like, this section of the unknown regions or wild space constantly shifting hyperspace uh here, here's my plot here's my 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 pitch this one section of the unknown regions has constantly shifting hyperspace lanes so the the actual journey to this one system is only accessible at a certain point and while you're waiting everyone goes to this one buoy of this one big space station to dock up and wait for the lane to open and then that on that so it's that in the station. unknown region yeah in the unknown okay. region in any part of the galaxy really so well, the shifting hyperspace lanes yeah sure you want to just yeah unknown region um and then maybe you've got a maybe you've got a park there because gravitational forces will pull your ship whatever you got some reason for a bunch of people of different classes different races 
lots of scummy people all to be in the same place. You have seedy cantinas. You got all this fun stuff. I just think it's a really interesting idea for a story. Yeah. Could be fun. Yeah. Could you name the hyperspace buoy Baba? Baba buoy? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've been... I, I, so, my my car came with Sirius XM. Okay. You've been watching some Howard Stern? Well, I have been listening this? to Howard Stern a little bit, and he's, an, he's a fucking animal. Like the shit he says. He's, <laughs> dis- he's disgusting. Um, and I left it on one day when I was listening to it. It was like... Just leave I, your kids babysat by Howard Stern? No, I was listening to it when I was driving by myself, but then Kelsey put the kids in the car and turns it on, and it's like... Howard Stern, like, debating, like, something about anal sex or something. I, I forget what she said, but, he, like, he's filthy. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. But got, getting away I, from the filthy I, stuff, I back to the that. story with Captain Stonebone in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the huts. Exactly. The the huts are trying to get those Adega systems, or those Adega crystals, and they 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 kill Ander Sunrider, Nomi's husband, on the on the space truck stop, and Nomi picks up the lightsaber to kill the guys. <laughs> and I just love the the one frame because one of the pirates is like, "Look at the way she's holding that lightsaber, Gub. Think maybe mm-hmm. she's a Jedi." <laughs> like, what do you mean, like? I do think the presence of a lightsaber probably does indicate one of them was a Jedi, but one of the Jedi just got killed by a fucking yeah, it's fucking little snack so. lizard with a shit name, Scritch. I gotta say, it's been the same for the other ones we've read. Anytime the Hut storyline starts, yeah. fucking, I'm out instantly. Out. I'm like, I'm like, what's the point? Okay, yeah, fucking move on. Like, okay, the Huts don't like the main characters. That they want. Whatever. Let's go. Yeah. And <laughs> like, the HUD storyline is how we get the giant fucking space grasshopper ship, which I've never been a fan of. No. No. But for things that I am a fan of, Nomi is told by her dying or husband who became a force ghost in like three seconds, apparently. Yeah. Instantly. Uh, like, Instantly. Take my crystals and deliver them the rest of the way, please. <laughs> so she does. Yep. And this is where we meet the rhinoceros, Master Thon, who is regularly getting high, which I just, I love that. I thought, um, I thought Thon was fun because he's like the reverse Yoda. Yeah. Where, like, they assume Yoda, like, Luke sees Yoda and he thinks he's just some innocent little fucking annoying little gremlin, which he is a gremlin and he is, you know, annoying. So, like, he's halfway correct. But he's also a Jedi Master and Thon's like, he thinks it's a pet because he's literally like a fucking Rhydon yeah. running around. Like, they're like, oh, you're, they're like, like, your animal just savaged a dude. He's like, that wasn't the animal. That was the Jedi Master. Yeah. I'm like, don't know if that's better or worse. But also, you really fucking suck at fighting. You immediately yeah. got taken out by this other shitty pirate. Yeah. Like, should I be training here? Like, I just killed six people. Yeah. But it, Nomi... So, go ahead. I was going to say, I also find it was funny how they ride around on their Jedi Master's back, but... Why wouldn't you? Maybe he asked for that. That's kind of creepy and weird, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of the He's Jedi like... got kicked off the council for doing that. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't wear underwear on my back. <laughs> it, it irritates me. <laughs> <laughs> 
the the shutter when people get on his back is what you really got to look up. Do you ever wonder why Thon is fucking on this one planet by himself <laughs> and no one visits him? It's because he's a weirdo. Well, at one point, he's, Ed says, like, oh, Thon had gotten rid of the dark energies of Arcania. And I think it's supposed to be Ambria when they say that because that's the planet he's on. Oh, okay. But uh, Yeah, there's a fucking full pond of dark magic like two feet away. Yeah. <laughs> there really isn't. That's just what they told him. Full of dark magic alligators. <laughs> He got like reshuffled even... in. Like, uh, yeah, this is this is definitely not because of your behavior. Just watch that pond for a few thousand it's years. It's like there's not even a little bit of dark energy. There's like a full pond, like ten feet from his house. <laughs> he didn't even warn them. Well, Nomi seemed to know what was going on with that because she was upset that Vima was getting close to it. So I think there was a. Warning I mean, she was upset, wasn't... but like not upset to like, like she was like like on her phone or something. Like she was yeah. upset, but not upset Bad enough parenting. to like. Stop her from walking over. Well, Thawne convinces them that they need to stay in the first place. And Mm -hmm. then, rather than training her or talking to her at all, he just, like, sits on his stupid rock and Nomi doesn't know what's going on. But Nomi, because she killed the guys who killed her husband, she's ready to swear off lightsabers. She doesn't want to build one. And uh, when the... She goes kind of Jason Solo-y, doesn't she? Yeah. Which we are going to talk about in Balance Point, because we're on the exact right book for it. Mm-hmm. But uh, but Thawne, uh or sorry, the the pirates or the hut forces are coming to steal the crystals. And Thawne is like, great, I've been trying to think of a way to trick you into using your lightsaber or to building a lightsaber. Like, Why don't you stop you, bullying me? Yeah, this has been a traumatic experience for her. And just have a nice adult conversation. Maybe someday she'll want to use the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he bullies them frequently. Um, I was waiting for there to be, like... One thing that I love about Star Wars comics, whenever there's a dark side thing happening, you can tell because the, the, the quote will have red around it. Yeah. I was just waiting for, for Thawne to just go a little too far and for him <laughs> to, like, get that red around it. Um, yeah. But then he just gets kidnapped like a chump until Nomi agrees to finally kill literally 30 dudes. That she yeah. just runs up with uh, Thon's yeah, lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, he doesn't even question it. Like, I don't know. But there could have been another way. Like, they, they end up leaving some of them on their own anyway. So, like, I don't know. Maybe yeah, like- I I did think it was weird when uh, when Thon like, tramples the guys who were getting, uh, they were hurting Oss Willem. And he's like, oh, you've always taught me that there's a different way to win fights than with a lightsaber. For most Jedi, that means you've negotiated your way out of it yeah. with Thawne is like he's fucking like, curb stomps him <laughs> it's like there's a different way and just just <laughs> smashing a skull like, yes there is remember when Obi-Wan got through the the road stop and Moss Eisley by just like beating the shit out of those dudes <laughs> don't save your lightsaber only use it when you're sure it won't use the dark side the belly club, on the other hand, fucking feel free. <laughs> I've been I've been meaning to make a clip out of this. I haven't done it yet, but I there was my pen and paper. Okay. In uh, in the annotated screenplays, it talks about how initially the first person to use force choke wasn't going to be Vader in the Death Star like council room thing. It was mm-hmm. going to be Obi Wan using it on like ten dudes at once. So maybe maybe Thawne was onto something here. George Lucas had no fucking clue what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Obi-Wan started off as like a really fucking weird... Like, he was basically Yoda before Yoda got turned mm-hmm. into Yoda. He was like mm-hmm. strange hermit that seemed crazy, 
and was like laughing all the time when someone got hurt. So <laughs> I, I think it changed for the better. But um, okay, I, I'm gonna throw this to you. I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast, and it's it's okay. one of my big things. You know that scene? Maybe I have, and if, if I have, you can interrupt me. That scene in Return of the Jedi where Luke enters Jabba's palace and the Gamorrean guards come up to him. Mm-hmm. As a kid, I never, ever saw that as Luke using Force Choke on them. Um, I always saw it as him using the mind trick. Me too. Just, be, just because why would Luke Why would Luke use Force Choke? Like, he's he's wearing black, and he's, you know, at the beginning of the movie, he's, he's on the, you know, he's going to reach the point where he's got to make that big moral decision. Um, but he's not fully gone to the dark side yet and i gotta admit i was pretty surprised when i talked about that on um where when i talked about that on whatever i make i think i made a video on it and everyone's like it's clearly a force choke the uh the guard holds his neck and for me i always saw it as he's putting his hand up to kind of go back in the position that he was in um and this to me is one of the more interesting debates because if if luke does use the force choke there it would be literally the only time that I've ever seen and of all the movies of Clone Wars, of Rebels, of whatever else, where someone uses a force choke and there's not that whoosh sound. Um, you know how like whenever someone uses the force choke, even when, when it's not just a dark side. Well, I mean, force choke is a dark side thing. It's not just a Vader thing. Even when Luke does it in the Clone Wars, there's that sound. Every single other time um, when Luke does it, he, uh, he uses the force choke. I also checked um, every version of the novelization because there's been like six different Return of the Jedi novelizations. Um, the original one, uh, it's ambiguous. It's like Luke Luke raised his hands and the uh, the Gamorrean guards uh, back up. But the uh, other novelizations, it does explicitly say that it was a uh, it was a a mind, a mind trick rather than a force choke. Um, so. I forget exactly what the script says. I'll have to but... see what the annotated screenplays say when I get there. I'll make a note to check. Yes, I don't think I've do. ever looked at that. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'll even know by the time we play Multiverses tonight. Yeah, can, but, you, uh, can you like if you if you could check that, I'd really appreciate that. I will do that. Uh... Uh, oh yeah, here's what it says. Here's what it says in the in the script. This is what the script says. Now this is just based on the IMSDB. I, I think it's the official script, but it says. Luke raises his hand and points at the puzzled guards, who immediately lower their spears and fall back. The young Jedi lowers his hand and moves on down the hallway. So, yeah, I never saw it as choking the guards, Me but um, I don't think that was the intention. But I'm curious what the uh, I'm, I'm curious what the script because like it's about and, and I've seen the argument. Well, it's about Luke maybe falling to the dark side in the movie. That's the big thing, but like. Showing him choking guards at the very beginning, like Luke doesn't get to that point. Like Luke, also, I don't know if he's ever really seen force choke before. Yeah, maybe not. That's a good point. But like, unless he just like, independently in that moment was like, you know what, I can do block their airways. Like Luke doesn't get to the point where he's like lost his way and has to make it like make his way back to the light side, except at the very end, arguably. Like the the movie is about him. You know, he's at the point where he can either go the Jedi way or his father way, and he obviously chooses the Jedi way. He's got that moment at the end where he almost goes the other way. But he's not at the beginning, like, I, I don't think anyway, like, choking people. Yeah. 
well, we'll we'll update you all on uh, exactly what happens when I have the definitive answer because there's definitely going to be one in the book. Uh, but really, it's that? No, it, it's not. Okay. Because like it's just uh, production information interspersed with like the the end lines and stuff. So and the end directions. So it does have at least like the official final script stuff, and then notes. So maybe there will be something in there. I think there's a, a decent chance, but I, I can't I can't make any promises. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all I know is for a while I was aggressively editing the uh, the Wikipedia page for Force Choke to remove Luke as an active user. I'm not even joking. Between that like and the breast times. page, you had to... Because whether, whether you think it or not, in canon especially, because there is a canon Return of the Jedi novelization, it specifically says um, mind control. So. Yeah. There you go. You have to... like People need to be more careful with what they put on Wikipedia. It's, yep. it's not a fucking game, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I like how at the start of all of Thawne's... Uh, lines he has like a sound effect, and I, I just it just reminds me of the I think it's Thundercat stuff, but I've only ever seen the robot chicken Thundercat <laughs> stuff where like snarf. Yeah, I that's I don't I don't know is that Thundercats or is that something I, else? But I don't know. I've I've seen the robot chicken thing too. I and I do just say snarf sometimes, but yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't know what it's actually from. Uh, but I guess that ends the the Nomi song. The saga of Nomi Sunrider, who is uh, agreed to train. She's got Thawne's lightsaber. How he'd ever use that lightsaber, it looked very weird. I'm sad we didn't get to see it. It looked like she's been fucking cutting her hair with that lightsaber the whole time. Maybe. Fucked up hair. He's he's given up on making her make her own. He just fucking hands her the one then. It's funny, too, because... one of the like issues four and five try to make Nomi Sunrider to be this very like beautiful woman. Like she's always like looking off to the side with her hair flowing, wearing like a crop top, and then you you read issue three and it's just like she looks like fucking Vegeta. <laughs> How can we continue really... your Jedi training if you can only talk about Kakarot? What's a Kakarot? <laughs> You've got the widow's peak, you tell me. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so we'll get to the the freed and nad stuff at some point in our next comic episode or comic related segment. Uh, maybe we'll try to get to a couple questions, maybe sure. a few of the ones from last time, uh, some of the game ones that we didn't have a chance to get to because that was like our longest episode in a long time. Mm-hmm. But first, uh. First, we have a question from Joel, who asks, Do you think Lucasfilm will ever be able to have another hard reset of its continuity like it did when Disney bought it and they decanonized Legends? If so, how could that be pulled off? Or do you think it would be possible at all? I don't expect them to do this anytime soon, but franchises always read it eventually, even if it's 50 years later. Sure they could. Yeah. I don't think it would be technically difficult. I think the most likely point where that kind of thing might happen would be if they did try to remake the original trilogy at some point. That would be my most likely moment for it. But I don't think that's likely to happen. Yeah, I mean, all they got to do is say, do the same thing they did last time. Movies, TV shows, everything else. Yeah. You know, like the amount of people who read the Star Wars books, it's not that high. (laughs) Um, 
Like, like if you you could decanonize and everything but the movies, and like, and I guess the Mandalorian, and the vast majority of people wouldn't know. They'll get the Clone Wars in there, you, you know, you're catching more people, but most people don't give a shit what fucking Bimbo the Great did in Star Wars Aftermath. How dare you? It's, <laughs> yeah. Bimbo is the best of us. I th- I feel I'm like referring to Singer. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I feel like uh, when that originally happened, when the whole like Legends canon split happened, I feel like I was telling my friends that I didn't think it would happen because like the readership or the like, the the fans of the expanded universe were a bigger thing than they were. But they, I was wrong if that's what I said. I can't remember what what direction I took in the in that discussion because I, I have some friends who like they watch the movies they'll read or they won't read the books they'll uh mm-hmm. they'll watch the shows and one is like he'd describe himself as a big star wars fan he only has read uh i think two star wars books that i lent to him in the last year so it's yeah yeah i don't think it'd be out of the questions that it happens again i don't think it'd be a particularly difficult thing for them to do if they wanted to but i don't think that's i think coming soon. like uh, of my friends all of whom would be you know go see star wars on the first opening weekend i don't think a maybe one would know that this that a reset was happening maybe and i don't think any would really care um and i think that'd be the exact same now uh uh yeah so i think i think that's yeah yeah thank you joel thank you our next question comes from garrett who says a bit of a meta question how would you react if you recently learned star wars is real and happening right now and several beloved and not so beloved characters were watching tapgaff what would you say to them they've heard every bad thing you guys have ever said about them there's no running away now time to get into a twitter war with darth bane calling the incel ha luke knows luke hurt <laughs> So great! If we can get into a Twitter war with Darth Bane, that's going to be great for engagement. Great for views, yeah. That, yeah, like this is this is exactly what we need. It's funny because I remember the first Star Wars trailers were like Star Wars. This is all happening, or like this happened. It could all be happening right now. It's like the one thing you can't say about the movies based on the opening crawl they <laughs> said in the trailer. Um, yeah, I mean, I would, I'd call Luke an incel, knowing that uh, I'd call him an incel, simp lord, beta cuck male, whatever, all those things, knowing that uh, he's a Jedi and probably uh, can't retaliate in anger. Yeah, fight us in real life, losers. Yeah. Yeah. Which Star Wars character would you want to have dinner with the most? The mm. correct an- There is a correct answer to this. Lando. Which I Close. Okay, Talon card. Yes, that is the correct yeah. answer. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we're on the same page here. Honestly, I want to talk to. Uh, actually, I'm not even gonna say that. Let's, let's continue. Now you have to. I was gonna say I was gonna talk to Winner and oh, ask what what uh, <laughs> what Akbar is actually packing. Like I'd be like, are they like? Is it like a two like a like grasper thing like sharks have, or is it like a? Does he have balls? Like I, I just I'm curious. Like I just I, I gotta know for personal reasons. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Help with my uh, writing. <laughs> the the tap calf tie in fan fiction. No, it is going to be an officially licensed book. We should. I should. I do say like that. the idea of the Dexter Jetster. Go to go to Dexter's place and have him cook you a meal. And you know, after uh, Master and Apprentice or fucking Brotherhood, I mean, uh, that's a an attractive one. 
Yeah. The cake. Yeah. After that mission in Lego Star Wars, some of the food even looked semi-edible. Yeah, especially if you, if you get the uh, the serving droid and the uh, the waitress as well. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next question comes from Adam, who says, "Do either of you think there's a chance we could see a character like Garmel Iblis make an appearance, or has his role been merged into Saw's?" I think Saw is just Garmel Iblis now. Essentially, like that role yeah. exists as Saw Gerrera. I don't think they need to introduce Garm as another character. Yeah, I don't think they'll introduce. Garm, I'm. I am interested to see like whether they do ever do anything with Cornhorn. I'm interested to see like if they will bring characters that were originally in the kind of Bantam era. If they would consider like, will they bring characters from different time periods into the the post episode nine era? That's kind yeah, of maybe. what I'm curious about. Um, and I don't know. Like it, I, I think ultimately they're gonna do, if they do ever do something like that, it would be a Thrawn situation where the character has the same name. Probably Thrawn, he doesn't really, um, well, sort of. But the naming convention is different. But um, like ultimately they'll draw what they want from the character and abandon what they want, and it will be a different character in many ways and the same character in others. So, yeah. Um. Let's see. I think that does just leave the uh, the game related stuff. Maybe we should save those for because uh, we do have the potential upcoming guest for a game related episode. So maybe we, maybe we do the questions ourselves afterwards to edit onto that because mm-hmm. uh, we're not going to know exactly when that's going to be able to happen until closer to but uh yeah so i think that's going to do it for this week anything else you want to touch on say any reviews you want to read yeah i was just i was just pulling them up we we did get a new one i believe a new one from ando one too also the droid's name was a3po um because a is before c i presume i think it was a3po right in the comic yeah no oh 3do come on yeah that's different my bad um We did get a new one, I believe it's from uh, from Ando12. He says, Tapgaff is the only Star Wars podcast that makes you feel like you're just hanging out with friends talking about Star Wars. Recently went back and listened to every episode. I'm really excited for more of the Vong War. Thanks for such an enjoyable time. I don't know if that one was one I read before, but it's such a such a nice... Uh, a nice, nice wholesome reviews. Wholesome review. Um, that How could I not reread it? We also got one from uh, Lippy. I like that name. Who said, really great podcast to listen to. I started the journey of reading through the New Republic timeline, but ultimately get to NJO books, so this was an awesome find. I'm a bit disappointed with some of the casually dropped spoilers. Yeah, we do do that. Um, ooh, four stars. Um, <laughs> 15 minutes in, we mentioned three major characters that happened in the NJO books, which really spoiled the future experience for me. I'm going to need to wait to come back. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I think we've, we've covered that. Uh, yeah, we've talked. It's just so hard to talk about stuff without... Spoiling yeah. it. I think we talked about that on one of the NJO episodes. It's like, uh, if we're not talking about spoilers, we can't meaningfully discuss it. Yeah. Um, so We're not in a position where we can really do a reaction podcast, per se, because like, we've read this stuff before. Uh, so we can we could try to do a breakdown thing where it's like, oh, this happened already for all of you, so we can like break down all the appearances. But then that would also take a lot more prep that we don't really have time to do. It's just like... You can read the books yourselves. Like we're here to help you make the connections, especially if this is your first time reading it. Like I understand the frustration with the spoilers, but you know, we're here to help you make the connections. Um 
and kind of cover everything. So understand the, you know, that four star review. God damn, that hurts. But uh, <laughs> seriously, we appreciate like, force, the sentiment. Uh, anything we understand why in, people like, would be upset with that. Yeah. In modern, uh, like, reviews, uh, culture, anything below a five star review is a fucking death sentence. But uh, so if you guys want to counteract <laughs> that individual. No, don't. Let's, let's not shame them. No, let's I'm, not I'm shame Lippy joking. here, Lippy. We no, I actually the good totally, review. I totally, and I totally see why, why you know, we 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 understand the the complaint. Yeah, like I, I get also, it. I'd be yeah. annoyed as well. Shit's we're also, old, yeah, bro. we're not going to yeah. do anything about it. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but thank listen, you. if you don't, if you don't know, fucking Jason Solo gets killed. That's that's on that's on your ass. But um, yeah, consider leaving a, a like on this video. Uh, consider. Dropping a five star or four star review if you think uh, if you want to hurt our feelings, and uh, yeah, that's all I got for today. Do you want to lead us on out of here, Sea Dog? Yeah, leave those reviews. We'll we'll read them on our way out of the podcast. We will read those reviews on the run. Uh, that's all I got for the day. We are going to be doing some multiverses with Charlie. That's going to be on twitch.tv slash Corey loses in a couple minutes. Uh, I might try to get some food first because I am very hungry. But uh, other than that, we'll be back next week with Balance Point and uh, a bunch of shaved solos. Good night, everyone. Good night. Oh, that was a spoiler, wasn't it? Oh, well. <laughs>